See, people, when they click on this, they'll see the title. So they'll be like, poor Ed. What does that even fucking mean? However, because it's England, that's largely ignored and unstudied. I, I really wish for the sake of, of my sense of moral righteousness that I could get away with saying no. He had a goddamned ancestral home and a noble title until Germany became a republic. You know, n none of this highfalutin, you know, uh, critical role stuff. So they chewed through my favorite shit. No, I'm not helping them. I'm going to say that you're getting into another kind of, you know, Mediterranean or psyche archetype kind of thing. Makes sense. Also, trade wins are a thing. Haha, just serious. Like, no, he really has a mat on it. Uh, yeah, we'll go off on a tangent. Um, as we keep doing. Like, yeah, I, this is this is yeah. how we fill time. history and English teacher here in Northern California. And um, <laughs> I, I had the experience um, just the other day in my classroom of uh, relating a story out of my own middle school years uh, to my students. Uh, they're working on a, on a memoir uh, vignette, they, they personal narrative. They have to think of an event in their life and they have to write a, a narrative about it. And uh, they have to use a certain amount of uh, sensory language. Um, you know, there's there are there are multiple points from the uh, curriculum and state standards that are that are built into the assignment. And to give them an example of you know how they might do some of these things uh, in the outline that they were working on, I verbally modeled for them some of the things I might use in my outline. And I wound up relating to them a very memorable story from my time in middle school, um, where a very good friend of mine, uh, who I am not going to name, although they are a listener to the show and uh, they will recognize that I'm talking about them when I when I mention it, um, there there was a a very dramatic moment uh, where this this friend of mine and I uh, uh, had an encounter with someone who was bullying the two of us. Um, and I described it using sensory language and described my friend's response and like how things went. And at the end of all of it, I, <laughs> I had a student look at me and go, Mr. Blaylock, you don't have any boring stories in your life anywhere. Do you? <laughs> I said, well, I mean, obviously I do just, they're not the ones I tell you all like, so, you know, it was, it was entertaining to, to have that moment. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's, that's one of the joys of teaching is getting to have those moments where your, your students look at you like that. And, um, 
yeah, if you can't mess with the kids, like kind of what's the point? So that's, that's my story. Um, who are you and what have you got going on? Well, I'm Damien Harmony. I'm a U.S. history teacher up here in Northern California. I also have a student uh, interaction story, although mine's going to be, uh, I, I'm going to, to dance along a few razor blades on this one because Ooh. I think the, okay. the substance of it is is quite something, but I don't want the specifics of it to be traceable in any way. So okay. a student, as some sometimes do, wants desperately to get out of my class. Uh, very often, students who have learned from fifth grade forward that if I have nice handwriting, if I am polite, if I include the the key words that the teacher has mentioned in the assignment, then they're probably going to skim and give me an A. And they have gamed the system so much because we are so overworked and so over put upon that mm-hmm. very often we triage it. So it's like, yeah, that's a kid that doesn't need help. Just keep going. Okay. Yeah. So as a result, uh, the very, very smart fifth grader becomes the once great 11th grader. Uh, in yeah. That. The, the very glib 11th grader. Yeah, that too. But yeah. uh, but more, more to the point, uh, it's almost as though like you haven't had to use your sword in the last seven years. Mm-hmm. And you're wondering why the blade is dull. Okay, yeah. Um, through That's... lack of honing, through lack of keening, through lack of yeah. use. So students will on occasion try like hell to get out. Um, and the thing is, they are good at the student game. So uh, one of them uh, listed a series of complaints. And I will not speak to all of those complaints, but one of them was that I was very unreasonable in the way that I was forcing students to structure their essays and and on and on and on. And my standard structure is you provide a thesis statement. I, I always say you start with the research. What does the data okay. tell you? Then yeah. you come up with a thesis statement. Yeah. Most kids can't do that yet. Uh, they don't trust that process. And because the thesis is first, they think they have to develop it first, which is unfortunate because that's super good training for shopping around your confirmation bias, right? Yeah. I claim yeah. this thing. Now I'm going to go find that evidence instead of yeah. like, what's all the evidence telling me. So, yeah. But then thesis statement, three, uh, one claim, three criteria. That's the gist, right? That's exactly what I'm teaching in my class. So, right. yeah. The email that this student wrote to my administrator did oh, no. all of that. And okay. the administrator brought it to me and said, um, you know, can you speak to these things? And I said, absolutely. And I showed them everything. I, I'm very much an open book. I know that I'm yeah. right. And... Yeah, well. Um, and I have no problem sharing that. The only dis- the only X factor is whether or not the adult who is an administrator has the we the wherewithal and the temperament to uh, go ahead and and side with. Oh shit, he really does have all the evidence. Instead of coming at me yeah. with a uh, with a what do you call it? Um, an agenda. Yeah, with an agenda. With I would say with with a confirmation bias that they're looking to shop. This, okay, having already made the decision about what they're going to do. Right. Having been influenced yeah. by, oh, this yeah. is the third complaint of this type instead of like, this is the third complaint of this type. I should probably see what the teacher is doing so that yeah. I can then re-examine these complaints. Um, yeah. This administrator absolutely heard me and absolutely was like, whoa, 
I wish more were like you, et cetera, et cetera. It was a wonderful discussion. Very, yeah. very ego building. Yeah. Um, and I then said, now here's the thing. I absolutely love how this student approached writing this email. <laughs> like if you look at the structure, that's what I've been asking them to do in my class. If you keep them with me, I can take them places. But if you need to bounce them for any number of reasons that they have listed, just please acknowledge that these two are bogus. This one is valid and has nothing to do with me. And that alone could be a good reason. Um, and so, okay. you know, and I'll tell you off air. Um, okay. But, but please let them know that these other two reasons they listed, they didn't interrogate their sources enough. So, yeah. Um, nice. I said, but if you can keep them with me, I could train them to do that. And they could write a much better essay for you in about a semester telling you why they need out of my class. Okay. And so, <laughs> um, and so there, you know, it was, it was, it was kind of cool, sad, but cool. Um, and, and pretty typical, but it was also very heartening because I have an administrator now who she very much, um, in fact, I have several, uh, a couple of administrators who very much are, uh, what I would say are people of integrity. And who are people who uh, are interested in in making making it so that students learn? And I like that a lot. That's that is so, good. Yeah. Now I hope that this student uh, gets what they need. And if what they need is to be in a different classroom, then so be it. And if what they need is to learn lessons from me, then also so be it. I I long ago stopped gatekeeping. So. All right. Now, speaking cool. of education, when last we yeah. spoke, we were going to talk about Austrian cultists um, and uh, how they used humorism to educate children. So, okay, here we go. Now, now, wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> hold on. Mm. You said Austrian cultists, occultists, maybe. Occultists. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. I, I just think wanted to play. To be okay. honest, I do think this person can wear both hats. Okay. Um, but you yeah. have my attention. <laughs> So, have you ever heard of Rudolf Steiner? Um, yeah, I've heard the name. Okay. And I'm trying to remember in what context I have heard the name. Not one of the Steiner brothers, the tag team. Um, that's Scott and uh yeah, and Rick See Steiner. that that would have been your Very go-to different. context, not yeah. my go-to context. Oh, oh okay. But, okay. You, you know, uh yeah. that's 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 totally your side of the street, not Okay, fair fair. Um, so who who was Rudolf Steiner. Well, he was an Austrian occultist, um, and uh, he also claimed to be clairvoyant. Well, I mean, you say Austrian occultist and then say claim to be clairvoyant, like that right. narrows it down. <laughs> okay. True. True. Uh, naturally, this led him to the idea of uh, influencing education, social reform, and architecture. Uh, um, naturally? Naturally. Okay. Carry on. Okay. Just, I feel well, now, like I needed to. Well, I mean, uh, okay. So that. these three things are are actually more related than you think because they all involve rebuilding things in a new image, in a way that is okay, informed by intelligence and creativity, and ultimately in a way to express one's creativity and see it, uh, its values, the values mm -hmm. of that creativity reflected back to you. Okay. All right. That's fair. Now, That's Rudolf fair. Steiner was born in 1861 and died in 1925. Uh, his efforts... He saw some shit. Mm-hmm. 
his efforts were to make holistic uh, the at-odds approaches of life, of both science and uh, spirituality. Okay, so so trying to link, yes. find the link between natural science and spirituality. Not link. That would keep them discreet. Blend. Meld. Yes. Okay, all right. Yeah. So, uh, like, you know, I think he saw it as getting chocolate in your peanut butter. Um, all right, well, I mean, that's a laudable goal. Right. I would see it more like as getting dog shit in your ice cream. You don't improve the dog shit and you've ruined your ice cream. <laughs> okay. All right. So, yeah. And, and by the way, it's not even me saying which one was which, if you noticed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just that you should not combine these two things. Uh, and yeah. efforts to do the same should never end well uh, or that they never do. Yeah. Now, Mr. Steiner believed in a uh, system called anthro uh, anthroposophy. 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 Anthro. You go. Go ahead. Try. Anth yeah. Yeah. Keep trying, motherfucker. See, it's the P O right. in the middle of it. That Except fucks the it word up. Anthropos is perfectly fine. Anthroposophy. Right. See. Where do you put the stress? Anthroposophy. There it is. Uh, there you are. Yeah. Okay. Anthroposophy. Yeah. Anthroposophy. Yeah. Okay. Again, it comes from the Greek word whole anthropos and Sophia, right? So yeah. the, the yeah. study of man. Man right? and the, spirit. Right. Yeah. Um at its core, anthroposophy, now I'm doing it, uh, claims that there is an objective, understandable by us spiritual world which we can all experience. Okay. Of course, he's coming at it from the perspective of a German Gnostic approach, so it's going to be heavily Christianized. But yeah. with some really weird 1800s naturism and romanticism involved. Yeah. yeah. German, well, European occultism from that period mm -hmm. is, is really, really weird. Yeah. It's also going to have some um, racist pseudoscience in it. <clears throat> um, especially yeah. the oh. ideas of racial evolution and soul oh. evolution, both of which will lend generously to Volkish and proto-fascist beliefs that the state has a soul, that nations have souls, and that meaning is derived from such. Because when you're dealing with humorism, you're dealing with essentialism, and essentialism is inherently a racist enterprise. Yes. Yeah. So, anthroposophy yeah. has deep connections in different parts of the world for its influence in alternative education. Uh, also in holistic healthcare, organic farming, and natural foods, oh environmental consciousness. Um. All of these, I might add, carry a through line of purity, be it spiritual purity, physical purity, or chemical purity in them. Mm. And that focus on purity, whether it's purposeful or simply hovering in the background, is what helps bring Steiner's spiritual science into spiritual racism. Yeah. Yeah. Now, among his efforts at reforming society, Steiner included certain meditative practices to get us back in touch with our original spiritual awareness. So, starting off right there, we had a spiritual awareness. We yes. lost that spiritual awareness. I have the key to getting you back to that spiritual awareness. Follow these meditative practices. So, okay. So, he was born in the 1860s. So, by the time he's doing this, he's in his, let's say he's in his 30s. That's the 1890s. Sure. sure. Um, so, he's he's predating 
uh, modernism. He's bit, predating yeah. fascism, like modernism by 10 years, mm-hmm. say, um, and fascism by 30 yeah. or so. Yeah. But, but you're, you're throwing out, you're throwing out all this, all these, all these ideas, all these, all these baseline, you know, buzzword kind of concepts that are, mm-hmm. that are part of it. And I'm like, this is, this is already fascist catnip and, and we haven't even like fascism doesn't even exist, but the fascists are salivating. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, cause and, like fascism doesn't just exist in a vacuum. It doesn't just pop no. up out of nowhere. There were many precursors <laughs> to it and he's developing this stuff at the same time as you have lots of, lots of snake oil salesmen, lots and lots yeah. of, oh, you yeah. know, offshoots of Christianity Again, you're going to have the Volkish movement. You have the Fox sisters doing seances and shit. You've got photography making it so that spiritualism could be captured on film. Like, despite the movements forward technologically, it doesn't mean our reason moved commensurately. And so those things Mm -hmm. were then used to prove to people how these things work. Yeah. You know? So, I'm fond of pointing out uh, he's doing his thing right around the time they figured out germ theory, which means plenty of people still yeah. were rejecting it right around the time that, uh, well, they still hadn't figured out that ether was not a substance, you know, stuff like that. So, okay, there you go. So there's no historical basis for the idea that we can get back in touch with our original spiritual awareness because there's no historical basis for spiritual awareness. Um, there's not even an anthropological basis for it, but it is still a tale as old as time. Back then, things were better. We were cleaner. We were purer. We were more spiritual, more in touch with nature. I don't know that any of those things are true, but I do know that everybody thinks so. I mean, that that even gets into um, in, in Buddhism, mm-hmm. in uh, specifically Japanese Buddhism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure how, how I've seen this within the con the context of Japanese Buddhism. I'm not sure whether it's something outside of that, that realm, but there is this idea that, uh, we, we are living in a fallen world that has fallen away from, uh, the Buddha and, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we, one of the kind of a foundational idea of pure land Buddhism is that it is not possible for any human in a in a lifetime anymore to achieve right. enlightenment that there was a time when the world was was pure enough and souls were pure enough that that we could we could achieve right. nirvana uh but now um according to pure land buddhism and I'm I'm simplifying and and you know translating things out of mm-hmm. out of their context into english as they say this but but um, there's this idea that you have to rely on uh, a bodhisattva or or the Buddha in order to be rescued from rebirth, and you don't actually achieve nirvana, but you go to the pure land of the West, right? And and it's this salvation ideology, this this salvation belief that is <laughs> eerily semi-Christian in its uh-huh. in its in its feel. Yeah. Um, and but it's but it's it's this same idea that there once was, you know, we we lived in a perfect world and now we live in a fallen one. 
right you know in a <laughs> so well, I mean, so the across cultural context yeah you know, we're in we're in the iron age of man not the golden or the silver age of man anymore like everybody has yeah. those times where shit was simpler like i said it's literally a tale of as old as, old as time right yeah. i mean horace wrote about this when he yeah. compared the town mouse to the country mouse like yeah it is older, it is older than writing is yes. the tr- yeah yeah so uh you know, thus we can get back to it through these different avenues. Mm. So all the begging of all the questions. Um, <laughs> yeah. And intuitively, like you said, people tend to think that times were better. Things were better when life was simpler. It's much more attractive that way. So there becomes this tension between rationality and spirituality. And wouldn't you know it, he's cracked the code on getting the best of both worlds. Through different breathing exercises, through different cognitive exercises, we could synthesize both the rational and the contemplative and spiritual components of our cognition. And in so doing, humanity would awaken its spiritual perception via intense thinking about specific things. And it starts with individuals doing it because at the end of the day, Steiner was absolutely an individualist. The thought method. Yeah. It's like Professor Harold Hill. I don't know that reference. (laughs) The music man. Oh, I do know that reference. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) How are they going to learn to play without any instruments? Oh, it's the thought method. Right. All right, boys. I want you to think real hard about the minuet in G. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's, you know, and and the thing is, there is, there is so much poetry written about how the totality of life can be found in a single snowflake or cherry blossom or Mm -hmm. grain of sand or whatever the culture is using. Yeah. Microcosm versus macrocosm is a universal human concept. Yeah. Yeah. Which is rad, which is cool. I'm down for that. I like that. I mean, that's, that sounds awesome. That's great for poetry. Great for literature. Um, Maybe not. Not great for civic planning, but you know, it's a shitty, it's a shitty way to design a society. It it might be, you know, know, uh, yeah, I, I do think though that like, you know, looking at Poland, looking at parts of Germany, looking at places that had to rebuild from the rubble, they got to do something pretty cool post-World War II. And that was, they got to actually plan their city out and decide what their, what, what their, priorities would be instead of a city growing organically from a different time and you are stuck to the architecture of those priorities that might have just been a reaction to those realities see even the back then those times weren't simpler they were just like you're ignorant of them doesn't make it more simpler yeah so now this means that intense effort will be needed to make the world go toward individual self-improvement collectively yeah collective individual individual self-improvement yeah hands across america you know it's it's like the spiritual version of that yeah um the more people transforming themselves within the better for everyone and this had deeply moral implications yeah okay as steiner said quote for every step in spiritual perception Three steps. Three steps are to be taken in moral development. So, okay, yeah, 
I mean, depending on how we want to define moral development, that could sure. be a good thing. Right. Right. Like, you know, um, uh, again, I'm, I'm still stuck on the dock. Haven't gotten on the boat. Cause you keep <laughs> talking about spiritual this and that, but <laughs> most people would not be stuck on the dock still. And I get that. I'm the one being left behind there and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But when you all sink and I'm still sitting on the dock, like, yeah, but you know, whatever. Now, this is not the same Steiner who once said, you know, they say that all men are created equal, but you look at me and you look at Samoa Joe and you can see that statement is not true. See, normally if you go one-on-one with another wrestler, you get a 50-50 chance of winning, but I'm a genetic freak and I'm not normal. So you get a 25% at best at beat me. Then you add Kurt Angle to the mix. Your chances of winning drastic go down. See the three-way at sacrifice. You got a 33 and a third chance of winning, but I I got a 66 and two-third chance of winning because Kurt Angle knows he can't beat me and he's not even going to try. So Samoa Joe, you take your 33 and one-third chance minus my 25% chance and you got an eight and one-third chance of winning at sacrifice. But then you take my 75% chance of winning if we was to go one-on-one and then add 66 and two-third percents I got 141 and two-thirds chance of winning at sacrifice. See, Joe, the numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you at sacrifice. Not the same Steiner. I should hope not. Yes, but I did find a Speaking of begging a whole lot of questions. (laughs) I did find a link to one of Steiner's lectures, and I put that in the chat. So I'm going to pause here while you watch that lecture. Okay. It's only a couple minutes. Okay. Wow. So there you go. Wow. It's, it's suffice to say, inside of you, there are two Steiners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, right after, right, I, I feel I should repeat this for our audience. Right after you paused it, I said, you know, in a universe where we have the man with a machine gun speech, mm-hmm. I feel like you've referenced th- this particular promo <laughs> more than it deserves. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, the funny thing was, um, like I tracked his math and, and through 66 and two thirds percent of that, of that whole promo, I, I was like, okay, all right, yeah, you're, you're doing that correctly. And then he just goes off the rails. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and then the whole thing about, oh, well, you know, you, you must, you must like being romance. I'm going to talk to all my freaks out here. Mm-hmm. Like, um, that's, that's pretty explicit there. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, wow. All right. This is, this is someone clearly of dual natures, right? He's obviously yeah. choleric, but also clearly sanguine. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah, that is, that is famed philosopher, Scott Steiner. Scott um, Steiner. Yes. Yeah. Uh, his nom de plume being big Papa pump. Um, but. I could say some things about that, but I won't. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, so, and yeah. Based on <laughs> I, these two philosophers, uh, it's clear that moral development could reveal how much a person has grown in their journey of spiritual philosophy. You've got Rudolf Steiner talking about it, and you've got the evidence right here with Scott Steiner about how if you don't grow at all, this is what could happen. Oh, yeah. 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 Boy. So if you've been working at it properly, doing all the the right meditations and things like that Mm. your moral development will reveal how much you've achieved control over your inner life 
So you've got that duality, the inner and the outer, right? That's a very right. common thing across most cultures. Yeah. It'll make sure that you live in harmony with the surrounding natural and social world. Interesting like that those two now get fused. Also, looking at one's moral development, you will see how much you've progressed in your spiritual development, which, mind you, is based on an objective measure, and it will correlate with your spiritual perception. Um, as in, as in the more development you've made, the more you will perceive spiritually. Uh-huh. And see, that's the most snake oil part of it all for me, because if you're better at spinning bullshit and polishing an image, you'll look more spiritually evolved and then the superpowers can kick in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Your moral development will guarantee your capacity and your ability to distinguish between true perceptions and mere illusions and be able to tell in your own perceptions what is the influence of subjective elements and objective realities, which is pretty badass thing you can gain by meditating very specific ways. Okay, Elron. <laughs> <laughs> They're not, think... yeah. <laughs> these, these are not new. Sea Org called. Um, <laughs> Still haven't found any gold, don't... but a lot of kids doing the work for you. Yeah, don't pick up. Um, yeah. yeah. So how does one meditate toward these ends? Yeah. According to Rudolf Steiner, not Scott Steiner, it's simpler yeah. math than his descendant came up with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm I sorry. I, I sure. love I love the <laughs> alternate universe in, in which that's actually fact. Right. Like. I, I kind of want to live in the universe where no, no, that that's, that's entirely true. Right. <laughs> because I could just see him cutting a promo. You know, I used to have a partner, but he was too melancholic and I, yeah. just, I had to cut him loose. And this pay-per-view is happening in the summer. So, you know, that that means I'm going to eat one third as much mutton. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Oh my God. All right. So, so. The math that he uses is that you use imaginative cognition, inspiration, and intuition. I already don't like where this is going. Um, it's, it's very okay. Ozzy Osbourne. It's okay. I, I, I. I, I. Nice. It's crazy, but that's how it goes. Um, so. Keep the imagine. train on the tracks. Yep. Uh, did I ever tell you that, that, that song I got completely wrong and no. my daughter is still mystified. I thought it was, I'm going after a real cr tiny, crazy train and it's, I'm going off the rails, rails on a crazy, on train. A crazy train. Yeah. But going okay. after a real tiny, crazy, crazy train, train. Okay. which made no sense, but it's called crazy know. train. So I just went with it. I was like, all right, yeah. that's, you know, it's Ozzy Osbourne. He snorted ants once. <laughs> um, like, but he no, the metaphor bit, actually bit hangs to better. better. Live bat. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 But yeah, the metaphor hangs together better with the actual lyrics that he used, which yeah, is going it, off the yeah. rails on a crazy train. Yeah. So yeah, it does. Now, let's talk imaginative cognition, shall we? Imaginative, uh, if we must. Yeah. Imaginative cognition is where you meditate to achieve thinking that is independent of sensory perception. Okay. Okay. Visualization. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, okay. and again, it's independent of the Epicurean senses, right? Yeah. So okay. By way, by way of concentrating uh, on either visual forms or a symbolic significance, which are never encountered in the sensory world. So think of a pink, pink pentagram made up of penguins. Okay. I just like alliteration, but like, yeah, but you works. would never see that in the wild. You would never see okay. that in, you know, in nature. Okay. So boom. Okay. Um, or it could be by way of metaphor metamorphoses. Um, for instance, if you concentrate on on seeing the life cycle of a flower from seed to mulch. Okay. What I find interesting about mm -hmm. this is this presupposes mm -hmm. that anybody that anybody who's undertaking these exercises mm -hmm. is uh, capable of visualization. Yes. Which like recently, you know, there's, there's been all the, all the memes going around the internet where it's like there, there are people who are a visual. Right. Well, he you has know. a solution for that too, though. He does. Oh, okay. So all right. there's these things or there's mantric verses, uh, spoken aloud or silently. Like for instance, uh, James Taylor with, uh, you've got a friend. You know, winter, okay. spring, summer, or fall, and just okay. do that on loop. So okay. you could just get into that over and over again. So if you are okay. a visual, there you go. Okay. Okay. So far, I don't see much wrong with meditating in this way. I don't think any of these things will be harmful to you. I do think there is something to be said for repetition I do think that, you know, I mean, and, and I've seen this play out in yeah. all the religions, like there yeah. is a repetitive ceremony <laughs> aspect to it and, and oh, yeah. have at it, Yeah, you know, hymns or the same verses over or, or in Catholicism, the rosary, right. Or having uh, the phylactery, you know, on your forehead and in your hand or, yeah. Or in know, or, Buddhism, repeating, yeah. repeating the name of the Buddha. Yeah. Namo Amida Butsu. Yeah, or uh, different sounds or, yeah. or whatever. Like right. I cool, cool. Sounds great. If it brings you peace, chills you out, makes it you can so you can do like complex math, uh, like Scott Steiner, I'm all for it. Also, visualization does help some people. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. I'm I'm here for it. Now, once you've mastered that though, you move on to inspiration. So this is a step-by-step. -step. It's not pick one on the circle and go with it. It's you got to start okay. with the imaginative cognition. Now, again, his goal is not something I can get behind, right? His his goal of you are going to transcend your sensory uh, capabilities and mm -hmm. find that, that harmony with the uh, beg the question, inner life and outer life. In fairness, begs the question for almost every culture. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and getting superpowers by doing this is, is, well, it is very 1800s. Um, yeah. so once you've mastered that, you move on to inspiration and that's where you try to eliminate all of the consciously chosen meditative content. So then you get into that space and the, it's all supposed to fade away. It's, it's, it feels like the, the concept of attaining nothingness, you know, you, you do this very specific anchor and then it all disappears and now you are alone with yourself. And at that point, you are in a receptive space so that you can encounter the objective spiritual content that is out there. Um, these would 
come in as impressions stemming from the objective spiritual beings that exist. Uh, and there's no clear way to do it. So you'll know when you know. And yeah, this is where I'm like, well, it is, was is, a cool thing, you know, and now I'm done. <laughs> like, so so is this is this where this starts tapping into ideas of, you know, like at, at this level of development, you'll be able to sense the national soul? I think so. Um and and also this this is where the you know um channeling comes in where you know you're yep. you're in contact with spiritual beings from the past or the far future or whatever. I've had friends who have taken psych psychosyllabin <clears throat> and they straight up discussed this described those exact experiences. And I'm like, you were just talking to yourself. <laughs> you were he's like, no, yeah. man, like it was it was it was different. And it, even if I was, it was them acting as myself. And I'm like, Okay. okay. Cool. Yeah. And, and again, so. the thing is, though, I say the same thing when people talk about feeling the Holy Spirit. Cool. All right. Yeah. Sounds sounds cool. great. Um, yeah. Good for you. I hope it's yeah. great for you. Uh, yes. Maybe don't make a school based on it. Um. So, uh, and and so then you've got that all. And and again, you when you know, you know, you've got that mastered. This does strike me as being how Tai Chi was once described to me. In Tai Chi, there's three stages. The first stage, you're not sweating at all because you're doing it wrong. In the second stage, <laughs> you're sweating because you're doing it wrong. And in the third stage, you're not sweating again because you're doing it right. Okay. And I get it, having only ever gotten to the second stage, but having you know <laughs> the guy who taught me it, yeah, never sweating and able to just like move me in slow motion way the fuck far away and not like you know the yeah you know oh he threw me and i felt it no no he just like literally leveraged me and he was so rooted with how he held his body and like you know absolutely yeah. had the whole thing um you know it, how else can i explain how a guy who weighed 130 pounds could just like toss my 250 pound ass all over the place yeah like um so now you you've gotten your imaginative cognition down. That's opened yeah. you up to your inspiration. You've got that down, which nobody can tell you if you've got it. You just know you've got it. Yeah. And now it's on to intuition, um, which is the final form, and that's where you practice the exercises of will, where you mentally travel down your street backwards. You alphabetize your organs. You you do shit like that for some reason. And here you seek unity with the creative forces of the cosmos without losing yourself at all. So you've gone from receptive to I am myself. I am you and you are me and we are all together. Um, it feels like Adam Warlock from the Eternity Watch or, or mm -hmm. talking to Eternity in the Infinity Watch co comics. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And we are. Yeah. Um, they are the Eggman. Yeah. yeah so now i'm obviously um, irreverent about all this yes but if i'm being honest right. it it just really does sound like prayer to, to my <laughs> it, outsider I mean, ears. It, it really to, to my catholic ears it sounds the same way so yeah so i'm like okay cool man that that's how you want to spend your morning do it have fun like, yeah zero problem <sighs> okay Right. So like the yeah. idea is that you get focused on yourself and then you go beyond yourself and you say things that, you know, by rote to help you focus, you open yourself up to God's voice and then you let the spirit flow through you. Like, yeah, it sounds like a lot of people I know who believe in God. 
Uh, yeah. it's not it's not surprising that this was effective in the early 1900s um, as a philosophy, considering what Foursquare Church and radio evangelism was bringing about. Now, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, it's it's also interesting the the commonalities that this has with all of the other uh, occult movements of the late 19th and early 20th centuries, like. Yeah. You know, Hermetic Society of the Golden Dawn, there's all this Theosophy. You know, the yeah, theosophy yeah. and yeah, theosophy. and uh, <laughs> the, the, yeah. the Latin and the Greek, like I'm like, no, the, the emphasis needs to be elsewhere. Yeah, um, and, yeah. yeah. Helena Blavatsky, you know, that yeah, kind of shit. you know, all all of these people, yeah. there's there's all this um you know, emphasis on the the ego and right. and like it it winds up kind of going either one of two ways or it tries to go both ways at once, depending on which movement you're talking about. But it's all about mm-hmm. the ego and either extinction of the ego or supremacy of the ego over over the world. Well, and very often you, you know will, you will position it as extinction and it really is supremacy like yeah it feels very roddenberry-esque to be honest yeah you know no godheads but me and now there's no need for a godhead yeah you know it's that kind of yeah that kind of stuff but very much yeah i mean it 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 is again i think when you have a system wherein you are not the center of your own universe and there's something else that is that is ephemeral, yeah. that is omnipotent, that is indescribable. Yeah. The desire to reach it and touch it and be in communion with it is probably mm-hmm. strong. I cannot speak for myself, mm. but I can I can I can guess for others. Yes. Um it, it is it probably very strong. Yeah. And and you know, I I I can't fault people for wanting that. I mean, if that's mm-hmm. that sounds rad. Like it, it really does. Yeah. It sounds sounds cool. Like, you know, I, I've tried to join costuming groups. Um because <laughs> I'm like, ooh, a community. And it's like, yeah, no, never mind. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, if 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 you get down that way, you get down that way. And and it does feel like through obliterating the ego and then rediscovering the ego, you are coming back to a purer form of yourself, maybe, or you are coming, you are shedding the the unhealthy things that society has has grown upon you like barnacles yeah if if you were self aware enough mm-hmm. um and and not what's the word I'm looking for self congratulatory or or like if, if you were really willing to be like no no there there are faults within myself that I want to get rid of, that I want to eliminate. And those, and those faults aren't things like weakness. Those faults are my self-centeredness. They are my, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, my, I want to, I want to get rid of my preconceived notions of others. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if, if that's what you're looking to get rid of, okay, great. But a lot of the time, the language around that process winds up becoming 
very close to narcissistic, yeah. you know, in, yeah. in, in the way, in the way that it winds up getting, getting expressed and, and kind of the culture that comes up around it. Well, because you laud you know. the humility and it's like, yeah, it's like a humble off. Yeah. On some level, it's like, well, my soul has yeah. been obliterated so much. Like yours has. Well, well, let me tell you, pal, you know, it, yeah. you know, it's interesting to me that this guy came about, came up and, and developed this at the same time, uh, like his childhood and early adulthood has people like Helena Blavatsky doing their thing in the world, has mm-hmm. the Fox sisters doing their thing in the world, has judo coming out as yeah. a sport in, yeah. in around the same time. Well, all of what, which, what, yeah, go on. What, what I noticed on a, on a very macro level, mm-hmm. uh, was during his childhood, uh, the Franco-Prussian war occurred mm-hmm. and the process of German unification was finalized. Yeah, but he's and in so, Austria. So like they're an well, empire yeah. that's on the decline, but not under threat of, of Germany at all. Yeah. Well, but what I'm, but what, what it points to mm-hmm. is that this is part of what is going on during this time period is the, the early phases or not the early phases, but the, the youth of nationalism that's very true. I mean, As on the ism. other end of the Austrian Empire, you've got Italy also yeah. unifying. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, and and so and so all of these ideas surrounding identity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, are are part of what informs all of this. Yeah, and the reason and, I brought up the judo was because you had a ranking system. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's there's a a reverence based on ranking and and you're yeah. starting to see that because also coming up at the same time as he's coming up with this stuff as as his childhood is turning into adulthood and things like that the Olympics amateur sport mm, people yeah, being okay. ranked worldwide stuff like that yeah. and and yeah. that is driven by that nationalism you're talking about yeah it's 100 yeah. percent driven by that it's like you know you are for your country this is how. Yeah. Your country is great because you swam across this river faster than anyone else. Like, yeah. So, yeah, I, I I fully agree with you that 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 sense of identity and that sense of national consciousness is is absolutely there, and radio, mm. and now you're broadcasting okay. ideas and you're broadcasting things that could be mantra, uh, mantric, mantric, mantric. On mantric? mantra, yeah, I would say mantric. Yeah, you, right. it's it's tantric, so I don't know. So, and the thing is, if this is your philosophy, if this is what you've come to, doesn't it by necessity need to be missioned out? Like, why wouldn't you share that with the world? Mm, well, yeah, it, it, it definitely becomes an evangelical mm-hmm. kind of, kind of movement. Mm-hmm. And uh, why, when you, yeah, when, when you, when you build it the way this has been built, mm-hmm philosophically it it becomes an issue of no no we we have to we have to inform the people and what better way to do that than to create a place where children can learn to do this earlier making the world an ipso facto better place right enter the waldorf school 
Where else would you constantly strive to develop a healthy body and soul, but at a school? What better place to practice and develop feeling connected with all of existence than a school community? One where you could practice empathy, wherein you could see yourself in everything and everything in yourself. Isn't that the perfect place to learn not to judge others without standing in their shoes? And isn't that the completely at odds with how we were doing school at that time? All of this. All right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, and, and the and, industrial and there are, mark, Yeah. And there are parts of that. They're great. Nothing I said there doesn't make sense. Nothing I yeah. said there is something you wouldn't want your son to learn this year. Yeah. And yet, um, <laughs> I don't want a Waldorf program within within striking distance of of my my kid like no just please no <laughs> sure and you know i i see the waldorf model and i'm like oh there's some really cool shit there but i'm a pick and choose guy like yeah. i'm 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 like oh you guys have really good ideas with those knee pads that fold down behind the benches i like yeah that. yeah <laughs> that's about it like, yeah <laughs> cool stained glass can yeah. you take out the anti-judaism stuff cool yeah yeah um, there we go you know? yeah um yeah i you know it would be nice if you could uh you know select things from the buffet from mm -hmm. waldorf and montessori and i think you and, can and, and leave most well people don't. not <laughs> most people don't not not in the programs that are generally yeah you know, well if you available. have one that is has to be accountable to a public school system one that is a dependent charter not an independent charter one that is publicly funded entirely, not dependent in any way on private funds, you have mm -hmm. a better chance. But if you have yeah. a better chance at that, you might not have what people would purists would call Waldorf at that point either. So there's, and again, I got no problem saying like, oh, I took this from this and that from that and that from that and this from over here and I made this up myself. And I, I don't mind that, but... That's because you're not an ideologue. Weirdly enough. Yeah. Like, he's like, <laughs> can you believe huh. you said that about me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, well, like I know it to be true, but it does yeah. feel funny. Right. Coming out of my mouth. Yeah. yeah. I'm a demagogue, not an ideologue. There's a this is an important <laughs> distinction. Yeah. So, you know, at the time this makes, th this sounds great because the industrial model is stripping us down and stripping us away to just being productive little task managers. And Steiner was like, that is cancerous as fuck to our moral development and thus to our spiritual evolution. I was with him for the first clause. <laughs> Therefore, yeah, yeah. yeah. An anthroposophy uh, demanded that schools that taught children that their thoughts and feelings have as significant an influence as their deeds. And that work on their inner life is as important as work on their outer life. So far, I'm right with there you. with you. Yeah, All right. See, so maybe you do want your kid's school to be Waldorfized. Um, if those are the parts. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. Again, you're Catholic. You can't pick and choose anything. Yes. No, I got the industrial sized box of Cheerios. This is our identity for the next six years of breakfast. Whereas I'm like, I, right, I'll take a 
uh, croissant sandwich over there and then I'll I'll make my own over here and then uh, yeah, I'll, I'll cut up this this sausage and then smash it so that it's a patty, but I'm not going to buy the patty. Um, and so just yeah, I'm not saying my way is easier. <laughs> very labor intensive. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you you've got you've got those as like he's like, hey, let's build a school that does that, and that sounds great. And intuitively, nothing about that sounds sounds unhealthy. Honestly, it sounds like the 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 social emotional learning shit that we're supposed to focus on nowadays, right? Yeah. And as parents, don't we read fables to our kids that teach them that the true essence of being human isn't in their outer appearance as a human, but rather on their inner nature as a person and what one might call the soul and the spiritual existence of a person? Yes. I remember a few years ago, probably a decade now, but the word grit was making its way through education. Do you remember this? Mm, I do. Pre-pandemic. Um, and while it was misguided and co-opted at its core, it's not a bad thing to teach a kid. Yeah. You know, uh, finding the genuine balance between having an open heart for the demands of the outer world and maintaining your own inner strength sounds like pretty good expected school-wide learning results for a WASC accreditation yeah, it does, you know, and WASC is the Western Association of Schools and Colleges, if I recall correctly. Every yes, every one to six years, depending on how a school did on its last one, uh, a school mm -hmm. will be accredited um, or reviewed for accreditation by this association. It's, it's supposed to be a big self-study. You're supposed to get everybody in there and get everybody's input. Um, it ends up being a dog and pony show, unfortunately, because everybody wants the six year accreditation. Because yeah. why would you want to do that work more often? But um, what it means is you don't look at yourself honestly. You look at uh, setting the bar as low as you can and then doing a somersault over it. Um, yeah. But but everything that I just said sounds really good, except for that one little part, that one little part about spiritual evolution. I'm going to take issue with that. I don't know what yeah. you're, you know, you may or may not. I don't know if you have a growth mindset when it comes to that or if there's yeah. like this is how we do it um well all right to yeah. to segue for a moment into into mm -hmm. theology sure the the idea within catholicism as i understand it as an adult convert is that we work mm -hmm. as parents and as individuals so like like it's it's partly your job as a parent and it's it's partly your job just as an individual to do this when you're old enough to be doing it on your own to develop and maintain a fully formed conscience okay okay that um in in terms of spiritual evolution mm -hmm. what we what we want to achieve is a fully developed and informed sense of moral right and wrong okay um that that we want to be able to look at a situation mm -hmm. and uh make a decision based on interrogating our fully formed conscience mm -hmm. and using our conscience and what we know from scripture and tradition in order to make a decision about what the right course of action is in a situation. Okay. Yeah. 
And beyond that, um, the idea is to then live your life according to what we know we should be doing for our fellow man based on what Christ told us. Okay. Okay. And your spirit doesn't, doesn't evolve. There isn't some develop like Catholicism doesn't teach that you can learn to read minds or evolve into some higher form. Okay. No, we are, no, we are, we are born human. We have a soul Mm -hmm. and there, there is backing and forthing uh, amongst Catholics. I mean, the, the catechism is pretty clear on it, but there's backing and forthing amongst Catholics about like whether your dog or your cat has a soul. And, and part of that has to do with who's, who's going to be there in the afterlife. Oh. Um, <clears throat> and so <laughs> there's, there's backing and forthing on that, but, but we, we have souls, we have free will and we have fully formed consciences. And those, those are the defining traits that, that make our souls what they are in Catholic theology. And, and your soul doesn't grow. Your soul doesn't, doesn't, doesn't become enhanced in any way. Okay. The idea is just to make sure that you aren't weighed down with sin, which is acts that are in violation of your fully formed conscience and that are in viol- that, that separate you from God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, that's essentially how that works. It sounds like if I may for a second, yeah, that to me sounds like there is no growth, merely a getting closer to the ideal. Yes. Okay. That's a, that's a good, that's a good way of explaining it. I would say that that is a static philosophy and would be completely at odds with this, this, uh, this philosophy of evolution. Oh yeah. Um, okay. if, 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 uh, Steiner had, had tried to put this forward in, in the 1100s, he'd have been hunted down by a crusade. Like, <laughs> sure. like, no, no, you're a fucking heretic. Uh, right, no, right. you, um, cause like, he sounds like the Gnostics on some level. He does. Yeah. Um, he does. And, and, and Gnosticism has a, has a place within the Christian canon and within tradition and has an influence on, on some thinking, but like the extent to which Steiner takes this, right? You know, the idea that well, you know, you can you can you know put yourself in touch with, you know, the, the, like to to early Christians, uh, the idea of a national soul, right? Right there, you you've been kicked out. Like, don't ever come back for communion. Fuck off. Like, no, <laughs> that's not how this works. Um, you know, no, we each have our soul. We are each responsible for our souls and mm-hmm. this guest alt shit. No, that, that doesn't fly. No. Um, and the idea that there are spirits within, within the world, um, would have gotten him in trouble with, with church authorities because the only, the only spirits that you might run into uh, outside of human souls, uh, are you know potentially ghosts? Although Catholic theology doesn't really talk about those, uh, or they are uh, angels or angels who have moved downward. And so, like, sorry, no. <laughs> as 
as an ordinary mortal, you you don't want to be have, trying to have truck with those because that's dangerous. And by the way, don't ever come back for communion again. Like, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, any of these, any of these uh, uh, spiritual practices or spiritual outlooks that, that talk about um, the extinction of the ego and, you know, the, the Godhead within the individual would would be if they aren't outright heretical uh like to the medieval church they they would be skirting really close sure um so yeah his his ideas about what he's talking about about spiritual growth is is very very different from from let's say a mainline um high church whether you're catholic or or high lutheran or or anglican Mm -hmm. uh outlook on things okay so so as far as schooling though goes yeah like uh you know like everything everything i've said minus that that one part that spawned a a liturgy yeah Um, sorry (laughs) okay uh how often do i go off on how for wrestling and kayfabe are a part yeah, of true. whatever yeah. the fuck um so uh, apart from that one part uh it all sounds pretty good um yeah. we want critical thinking and yes. so did steiner uh he said that people needed to be true to a decision once they made it even in the face of daunting adversity this is shit that we would both want to teach yeah. our children yeah. uh, we want that for students right Make a plan, follow it through, finish the goddamn work unless you realize that your choice was made in error, at which point be big enough to admit that you fucked up and find something different or yeah. ask for help. Those are things we want our students to have. Those are things we want our children to have. Yes. Those are the things that Steiner's advocating for at a time where the the model was industrial. The model was we're building workers. Well, yeah, we're we're building workers because we we have this whiz bang new new economic model, right? That that is, as far as anybody is concerned, it's going to be what's going to make us all rich, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, uh, it is it is the wave of the future, and we all need to get on board with it. And you know, or you know, I I speak of it as the Protestant work ethic because it's yeah. the most cliche. But everybody had that same fucking work ethic at that time of your your hard work on this plane yeah. is is going to be your salvation in the next on some level. Like it will be an indicator of your goodness. Uh, you you are not challenging the the order because mm-hmm. you're going to get better rewards. And remember, he's yeah. an Austrian, so the odds of him being Protestant are much lower than or the odds of him touching on Protestantism are much lower than the odds of him touching on Catholicism and Judaism. Yes. So. Yes. As his most direct influences. Yeah. I would be remiss if I did not first mention that Hitler specifically hated Steiner's thinking. He really, yes. He called Steiner a tool of the Jews and in turn, Steiner could not stand the Nazis. Uh, he actually gave up his rev- residence in Berlin upon hearing about the beer hall pooched in Munich. Um, this wrinkle is wild as fuck because so many Nazis actually dug his occultism and his approach to anthroposophy, and they incorporated it into how they Nazied. 
Um, and at the same time, members of the White Rose Society also dug the shit out of anthroposophy, um, which which tells me there's enough there that yeah. for most folks of different ilk to find the good stuff within it um, and to find transformational stuff within it that really helped them in some way. Uh, at the end of the day, the world is not neat and tidy. Like you, you just well, yeah. said you want to keep Waldorf schools the hell away from your child. And yet I yeah. mentioned all kinds of things that you're like, oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. It, oh yeah. And that's uh, the thing. What I'm the, the one, the one tiny, tiny thing I'm, I'm going to push back on that is mm -hmm. when we talk about the white rose society, digging lots of stuff we within and anthroposophy mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. Um, And we talk about <laughs> Nazis digging stuff within anthroposophy part of that is that they're digging different shit. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a pretty and, big. Thing. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, cause, cause there's, there's plenty there that I think you and I would both agree is pro social. Yes. And there's also plenty there that we would look at and go, Oh my God, there is so much potential for that to become fucking monstrous. Yes. And, and, and that's the stuff that people drawn to, uh, uh, totalitarianism and yeah, and or if not monstrous philosophies, you know, yeah, if not monstrous, I'd be like, oh come on, it will, yeah, fucking kidding me, like yeah. that. Most of yeah. what I've found in in anthroposophy has been like, oh for fuck's sake, seriously, <laughs> like it's yeah. been that. It's not yeah. been like, oh my god, you like. And at the same time, though, I can draw the links and be like, oh, bad people are going to take this and run. Yes, yes, know? that's that's kind of what I'm saying there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, it were, oh yeah, in 1919, Steiner wrote the foreword in a book and financed its publication called, oh boy, De Entente Freimaurerei und der Weltkrieg. Okay, der Weltkrieg. Freimaurerei. Welt Creek. In short, it made an argument that he endorsed the Great War. Um, it, it made the argument that he endorsed, and and that was this: the Great War was instigated by a collusion between Freemasons and Jews, specifically to destroy Germany. Okay, so cool. Very Henry Ford of him. Um, yeah. And yet the Nazi press press went all in on attacking him at the end of his life in 1925. So, okay. even though and, and I think it's because <clears throat> just because you're an anti-Semite doesn't make you our anti-Semite. Yeah, um, I think there's something because like it, the, the mentality of like, well, fuck, everybody knew that the Freemasons and the Jews caused the war to destroy Germany. That's not mm -hmm. new. That doesn't get him any points with us. Like, I think it's along those lines. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Now, <laughs> the Nazi party goes crazy attacking him in 25, right? Um, Rudolf Hess sponsored Waldorf schools. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's so weird. Um, he's a huge Rudolf Hess was a big booster of anthroposophy. The SS's intelligence arm was super against it. And Rudolf okay, Hess was like funding Waldorf schools. It's just like. 
so so the SS was was essentially hunting down to suppress and 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 mm-hmm. throw pacifists. Yeah. Okay. Or or at least spoke very poorly of it and okay. keep our eyes on those people. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Right. And again, <sighs> Rudolf Hess was like, "Yeah, this is this is what we're looking for, man." <laughs> Like, you know, again, oh my God. Yeah. I want, okay. I want these schools. <laughs> he's the deputy fearer. Like, yeah. He's, yeah. Like, yeah. It's, he, it's, he's the Dick Cheney to, to, uh, you know, Adolf Hitler's Donald Rumsfeld. Yeah. You um, know what I, <laughs> uh, what, I, what I take away from that is the extent to which, Nazism was just a dog's breakfast intellectually. You think? Like just I mean, well, I mean, obviously it's garbage. Like yeah. I mean it's it's deeply flawed. But beyond that, I mean just the, that it was that it was it's got something for everyone. It was word salad. <laughs> yeah. Like like it wasn't there was yeah. no there was no consistent through line other than, well, you know, all of those guys. Fuck right. those guys. Right. But even like, even fuck those guys is because they're at once super weak and we should kill them all. For and we weak. should. Yeah. Yes. And they are incredibly strong and a threat to us. Yeah. At once. Like it mm-hmm. requires so much, not even mental gymnastics. You you literally have to just. <laughs> you, you Your brain has to be pudding because it has to fit yeah. two containers of different sizes and shapes in different spaces. Yeah. It's wild that they didn't like cubism as art because you kind of have to contort your brain into the shapes that Picasso painted. In, well, but you know. but but cubism forced forced you to be conscious of concepts like uh, perspective and time. and and time <laughs> and and you know. Uh, you know, it was, it was, it was an exercise in confronting the viewer with that's true aspects of reality and, and what we know over the long term, uh, mm-hmm. with sadly longitudinal studies of fascist fascism and fascists is that, you know, they, they really don't want you to make them think. True. <laughs> so like, there you go. That's, that's the, that's the explanation there. Yeah. So I'm actually thinking that this might be, even though I don't want to break it off here, Mm. this actually might be a good break off point because I promised schools and I want to get to schools, but really to discuss the school system is going to take the better part of an hour. Um, So I'll just give you this little preview. Okay. Um, so, so I friend of the show, Dr. Gabriel Cruz will be very happy with how short these episodes have been. Um, (laughs) Steiner wanted to create a school system that was holistic and incorporated the precepts of anthroposophy into its basic purpose. And again, if you, if you are sold on the idea of cognitive, uh, imagination of inspiration, and of the third eye, which I always forget what it is. Um, then inspiration. It, no, no, that's the no. One. Uh, inspiration. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. if if you are a believer in in those things, 
Yeah. Um, oh, intuition. That's what intuition. Right. Right. Um, you know, if you're a believer in those things, you're going to want to spread them big time. And yeah. the school is the way to do that. Um, and so he wants to do that. And the focus on creativity and imagination that you see in his school system and on artistic expression that you see in his school system, mm -hmm. those are all really kid positive things. And frankly, post-World War I, good things to focus on because yes. you can work out traumas that way. You, yes. can, you can disarm the mind on some levels from the nationalism that had driven us to death. Yeah, You could do it with the generation that is orphaned by that same fucking war. Yeah. Um, and if you look back at his meditative goals of, again, mm -hmm. cognitive imagination, mm -hmm. uh, inspiration and intuition, this makes a lot of sense. And I think I will stop there because he's going okay. to uh, he's going to make a school as kind of the pilot program for a cigarette company. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, and eventually oh, we're going to get to turtles. Early, yeah, eventually <laughs> early 20th century occultism. You just are such a such a source of wonder. Um, it's, it's it's colliding with late gilded age capitalism okay industrializing yeah, fair like yeah all right yeah so oh my god all right anyway any takeaways um just that the worst people will always find some way to fuck up a good thing you know um because because yeah we we can we can listen to what to what steiner had to say about you know philosophy and 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 you know spiritual growth and and you know all of these things tr the mm -hmm. transformative the transformative aspect of occult practice mm -hmm. like could be a tool for for great you know pro-social positive development but but yeah there's always going to be some asshole who's going to shit in the pool yeah and and so of course fascists look at this looked at this and went oh oh yeah there's some good shit here yeah the soul the spirit here the we go. spirit of the yeah. people like god yeah. damn it why right it's like no you don't get to have that you no no no, yeah, no, no. no. you've disqualified yourself yeah yeah and go yet. away yeah and but yet. but but we hadn't had Nazis yet, so nobody had figured out about the the paradox of tolerance. So right. now that sadly, we learned, this is how, yeah, it's not a problem at all ever. No, no, yeah. no. We we know now that yeah. like we have to have limits on tolerance. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, that's that's pretty much. Yeah, fair is fair. That's kind of my take there. Any any uh, media that you want to turn us on to? Uh, well, you know. Um, the the discussion of anthroposophy um reminded me very strongly uh of a uh fantasy series um that i that i started a number of years ago uh the first novel of it is entitled the darkness that comes before uh the author's name is r scott baker and the main character of of the series is a a monk who is part of a monastic uh, tradition that has 
essentially gone through, he starts the book having gone through a process very similar to uh, what Steiner was talking about. Um, and the author, you know, describes what the, what the meditative practices are that led to him achieving this, this level of enlightenment where he's able to perceive illusions and see things that all of the other characters aren't able to. And this makes him a perfected man. Um, and so I very highly recommend, uh, that series, uh, R. Scott Baker, the darkness that comes before is, uh, the first novel. So how about you? What do you got? Uh, I'm actually going to recommend, uh, the, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, uh it's it's what's it called it's i think it's volume two of the okay. of the the original series um and okay. it's essentially read the read the issue where they go to casey jones's grandmother's farmhouse uh you see it actually kind of be a major part of the original uh live action movie um but the issue wherein it's largely april writing in her diary and she starts to write about each turtle. Um, and you mm. really start mm. to see what I'm getting at um, through okay. that series. Uh, so I would say it's it's in volume two, if I recall correctly. And it's the one where they go to the farmhouse. Um, the other thing okay. I would recommend actually is called The Last Ronin. Um, I think I've recommended it before, oh. but it is excellent. Mm. It is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, The Last Ronin. And it's uh, heartbreaking. Um, but it's really, really good. So, yeah. Uh, right. Can you can you be found? Um, I can be found. Um, I can be found at E.H. Blaylock on Blue Sky. Um, and for now, that's the only place you're going to find me. Um, and yeah, if you want to point anything out, uh, like if I got anything uh, wrong in my explanation of of uh, Catholic doctrine earlier. Uh, you can find me there to uh, yell at me, call me a heretic, uh, whatever you like. Um, so that's that's where I can be found. Uh, and Damien, you? Yeah, you could find me on Thread uh, at Duh Harmony. Uh, you could okay. also find me on March first and or April fifth at the Comedy Spot, Slinging Puns with Capital Punishment. We are back, baby. Uh, nice. So check us out there. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's where you can find us. Where can you find the podcast? The podcast, of course, can be located, uh, on our website at wubba 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 dot geekhistorytime.com or on the Apple podcast app or on Spotify and wherever it is that you have found us, please take the time to hit the subscribe button if you haven't done it already. And please give us the five-star review that you know we deserve. Cool. Well, for A Geek History of Time, I'm Damien Harmony. And I'm Ed Blaylock. And until next time, keep rolling 20s.